This podcast is part of the Famous Original Podcast Network family. You can find us by going to www.fopnet.biz. Welcome, everybody, to episode 41 of Ride the Pine. This is a podcast where two friends discuss sports, the side of anxiety, and lots of doubt. I'm Dan, as always, and I'm joined by my good friend, Tom. How you doing, buddy? Good! What's up, Dan? It's another week and yet more news in, in the world of sports. Oh, yeah. Lots of happenings uh, over the week. We had a lot of stuff went on. Oh, my God. And, and, you know, in our last episode, we talked about how we're picking the Sharks. I think the St. Louis mm-hmm. Blues hurt us because they just shellacked the Sharks last night. Well, listen, the, the Sharks started off that with a win, a 5-4 win, uh, and then uh, nothing has gone right for the Sharks since. So, yeah, yeah, and we might have been wrong in that one. Well, from what I saw on SportsCenter this morning, it looks like the Sharks are dealing with some injuries. So that obviously could be just like a... You know, I mean, a lot of their guys on their team are a little bit on the older side. They don't really have a lot of young yeah, players. Well, even their even their sort of younger guys, uh, Thomas or yeah, Tomas Hurdle and uh, Eric Carlson, uh, were both on that potential injury lance or uh, scape. Uh, Pavelski is another one that's that's hurt, and that's a big loss for them. Uh, if he's playing injured, if all three of those guys are playing injured, then the the Sharks are in a lot more trouble than we think. I completely agree with you, and and we talked about this before we started recording, but Jaden Schwartz is turning oh, into man. the MVP of this team in the playoff run, has 11 goals in the postseason when he had 11 total goals in 62 games all season. It's, it's insanity. That, that that's that is showing up for the playoffs. You know, a lot of times we'll talk about players who don't show up for the playoffs. This is a guy that's doing everything possible. At the perfect and in the correct time, and that was the thing, big thing I had a problem with uh, Rick Nash. You know, uh, it's like he would have a decent season for the Rangers, and then all of a sudden playoffs come along, and he was invisible. Uh, this kind of performance is exactly how you win a Stanley Cup. Somebody who just shows up and puts up almost as many fucking points as he had in the regular season, which is incredible. It, 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 it's <laughs> it's unbelievable, and the thing that blows my mind is that the Blues in the last uh, two games have uh, had 22 shots and 40 shots. 62 shots in two games. Wow. So Jones... That 40 is a lot. I, I, you know, Jones is doing all he can, but like you were saying earlier about Carlson, losing a, a prominent good defenseman is going to hurt like, them going forward. Like If he's not back for Game 6 on Tuesday... They might be looking at uh, a loss in that game, especially being oh, yeah. in St. Louis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so this is for game six, this article from the NHL, uh, NHL.com. And all three of those players are in question for at, at the time that we're recording tonight's game uh, for, for, for the Sharks. So if Tomas Hurdle and Eric Carlson – are, uh, let's put it this way, Eric Carlson has 16 points in the playoffs. The leader is Couture with 20. So Carlson has 16, Hurdle has 15. So if you lose both of those players, uh, you might be in trouble. I mean, you're already in trouble, but you might be even more in trouble. See, the thing that, uh, again, blows my mind and why I love just playoff hockey in general is Mm -hmm. that three of the top scorers in the NHL playoffs are playing in the Western Conference Final. Logan Couture with 14 goals, Jaden Schwartz with 12, yep. and Tomas Hurdle with 10. Yep. That's amazing. I know. That is pretty It is pretty impressive. Uh, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think those are the only three that have double-digit goal numbers in the playoffs. But double-digit goal numbers. Like, Logan Couture has been... Well, the Sharks have played 19 total games. So he's averaging over a point a game. He has 20 points for the playoffs. I mean that's a, that's a very very impressive uh, playoff run, and the rest of these guys, 
you know, playing just as good. Uh, these numbers are incredible. And, and, you know, another thing, and I'm actually on the NHL up right now, half of Tomas yeah. Hurdle's goals are power play goals. Mm-hmm. I see that, yeah. I see that. I also see Brent Burns up there, too. Uh, the, the Sharks have had some really good performances from their players, uh, which is why I think we both kind of leaned on them. Because I'm looking at this list, and I see uh, Jaden Schwartz, which you mentioned already, uh, who's having the incredible playoff run. But other than that, I don't see many people from St. Louis until Tarasenko at 12 points. All these other players are either from Boston or San Jose. Yep, you got Couture. Uh, you got uh, San Jose with Couture. Then you got Marshawn. Schwartz, Burns, Carlson, mm-hmm. Hurdle, Pasternak, Meyer, Renton, and Krejci are, t- are the top yeah, ten. Make up the top ten. <laughs> yeah. I it's. And I think that's another thing I love about the NHL playoffs, Dan. It's like you can have these incredible standout performances, and the St. Louis Blues have only one player in the top ten, but they're one game away from making it to the Stanley Cup because it's a team game, and it, this is complete proof of that. <laughs> you know. You don't need all these players to go out and, and, and score as long as you have a, a, a team performance. <laughs> it's 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 a crazy thing, but I love oh, it. Oh, so it's much. it's amazing. It really is. Um and the thing that I'm gonna be looking at next uh, is actually well the goals against average right now. Yeah, uh, Tuka's mm-hmm. obviously the leader. Uh let me mm-hmm. see here. Oh yeah, we we didn't even talk about that. Uh, congratulations, Dan. <laughs> the Bruins. Uh, last well, time we were, we were talking, we uh, the Bruins were not in the Stanley Cup, and one game later, in a four-game sweep and a final game shutout, four-nothing shutout, the Bruins um, looked at the Hurricanes and said, "That little run of yours was cute. Now you can go sit down because we're going to the Stanley Cup." Right. Uh, and, and I appreciate that, you know. They, they play; they're playing very well. They're playing good hockey. They deserve this time off and this rest. <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. I listen. Fucking Brad Marchand. I I don't like him. I love him and I hate him at the very same time. He's a pest, and I love pests, but I hate him. Uh, Seventeen games played, eighteen points. I mean, that's a listen. You're earning. You earn every cent of your paycheck when you put up numbers like that. Uh, Pasternak, another, you know, he's just a fucking stud. You guys, you have some good players. Your 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 stars are coming through, and you're just about to mention Tuca. So, what what was his goals against? Uh, goals against average in the playoffs, one point eight four. Oh, that's under two in the playoffs. Is that's that's a Stanley Cup win right there. Honestly, if you if you can't even give up two goals a game, you're you're in a good shape. <laughs> what a, if you had to guess who had a higher goals against average between uh, Bennington and Jones, who would you say? Um, I would probably have to say Jones at this point. He's given up like fucking thirty goals this in the in, in the uh, in the Western Conference. Yeah, Final. Jones is at two point nine six. Bennington is at two point four four. Yeah, yeah, it sounds that just seems right. I mean, uh, Bennington has a shutout. In this, in the Western Conference Finals, Jones doesn't. You know, and my thing was, and when we talked uh, in our last episode, is goaltending will mm-hmm. win the series, and if mm-hmm. the Blues goaltender Bennington continues to play the way he's playing, it's game over for the Sharks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I'm looking at the list right now, and there's no other goalie in the entire playoffs. Uh, that had uh, under two goals against average, with more than like two games played. Uh, and out of those three top the the the, the three, three goalies that are remaining, Tuka is just by far the better goalie right now. Oh, by absolutely. far the better goalie. The only thing that Tuka doesn't have is an assist. Martin Jones and Bennington have an assist that, each. Just, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I just want to say, the, Tuka, you're not doing your job fully. The one blemish. Start the the one blemish. <laughs> Start passing the puck, Tuka. Yeah. God, you greedy bastard. Um, the thing that really gets to me, though, is that Bennington had two bad games. Games one and three. He, had, he gave up six mm-hmm. in game one and five in game three. Yeah. Although three wins... Two goals, one goal, and a shutout. So what you're saying is when he's on it, he is kind of unstoppable, but when he's not, he's a piece of Swiss cheese. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, 
that's fine and dandy. But you know what? I, I Tuca barely lit up more than two goals against the Hurricanes, like the entire series. So if you're if you're going to be consistent like Tuca versus potentially great like Bennington, uh, you know I don't know. Uh, Tuca Tuca gives I think Tuca has the hand uh, in, in that battle. Yeah, two, so, Tuca went so two goal th- two goal one shutout. So uh, let's do an update on the Western Conference Finals. Who do you think is going to the Stanley Cup now that it's 3-2 St. Louis? Well, I mean, the Blues have won two straight games, but you got to think that the Sharks have some sort of fight in them. I'm still sticking with Sharks in seven. Uh, I'm still going to stick with it. Uh, I don't think it's the right choice. I think the Blues will end up winning the series, but I don't want to abandon my pick after just a week. <laughs> True. Um... I guess it's safe. Uh, well, I'm uh, all right. So you're going sharks. I'm still going sharks. Yes. I will update mine and say that I'm going blues, and I'll tell you why. The blues are home for game six, and I think that's the home ice advantage, and the two game, uh, you know, streak that they have going on. I think that's going to be enough to get them to win, and I think it's going to be blues versus. The Bruins, the Blues finally getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I, I wanted the Sharks to win. I thought the Sharks could. But uh, now that you're down 3-2 and you're going back to St. Louis for game six, it's gonna be that's a tough fucking game. That crowd is going to be fire because we know the Blues fans, and they're, they're, they're good fans. <laughs> they're very good fans. We talked about it last week. Uh, so that's going to be a tough game. I, th- I think the Blues are going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't help but agree with you. I, I think it's mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be a challenge. It's going to be an uphill battle for the Sharks. Uh, yeah. I just think the Sharks... You think they squeak the it Sharks out? The Sharks got to fight back with something. But if they're not healthy, if they have a bunch mm-hmm. of guys who are, like, primo players, like, for example, it would be the equivalent of, like, if the Bruins lost Bergeron and Marshawn. It's like what are they? Where do they oh, go from yeah. there? I mean, losing Carlson and who was the other one who was injured? Hurdle. Uh, Pavelski, Hurdle, and Carlson could make that's, game six. That's huge. Pavelski is your captain. Yeah, and Carlson and Hurdle are two of your top scorers. And I mean, Eric, by the way, before we end this, uh, the the playoff talk here, uh, kudos for Carl to Carlson. You know. Uh, he had an interesting season. It wasn't one of his best seasons. New team, new style, and all that. Uh, but toward the end of the season, he really picked it up. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the playoffs, like the old Eric Carlson, just showed everyone in the world, like, oh, yeah, I'm still the best uh, offensive defenseman in the NHL. You know what? It's funny you mentioned that, that how at the end of the season he picked it up. Conveniently, right after uh, you won in fantasy hockey, because mm-hmm. you take him every year. I do, and and, I, and I'm never really regretful. Uh, this season was interesting. Like I said, it wasn't the best. No, he didn't give me he didn't give me the best numbers. And toward the end, he started like picking up an assist or a goal game. I'm like, okay, okay. And then the season ended, and then he's like, three points a game, four points a game, three points a game. It's like, fuck you, Eric. <laughs> it's fuck like you. now you do it. You're not my team won. next year. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not drafting you next year, my number one pick, because I won. Hey, by the way. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All, All right. right. All right. So, that's uh, there, there's your update on the NHL. Uh, so, speaking of update, how about the PGA Championship? How about that PGA Championship? <laughs> um, t- talk about a runaway after three days? <clears throat> yeah. And then how about potentially the biggest choke in <laughs> golf history? You know, one minute I'm looking at it on Sunday, I'm like, oh, he's at 13 under. This is over. I'm not Damn. I'm not going to go back and look. I look at the end of the day. He was at 8 under. I'm like, what happened? Damn, my sphincter could have broken through steel. That's how tense I was that entire round. It was amazing to see. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Kepka, Brooks Kepka who has won, at the time, three of the last seven major championships on the PGA Tour, uh, bogeyed, I think it was 12, 13, 14, and 15. Like, f- whatever the holes were, four holes in a row. He hasn't bogeyed a hole in, like, two years. And then all of a sudden, he's like, I'm overdue, so bogey, 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 bogey. And then, out of nowhere, Dustin Johnson's like, oh, well, since you're going to do that, let me get a couple birdies here. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh wait, they're only a, like a, a stroke apart. Yeah, 
It was the most intense it thing. Was, it should not have it been. It was 11, 12, 13, and 14. So it was on the back nine, too. There you go, yeah. Because he yeah. was only even par after the front nine and then went birdie, bogey, 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 par, par, <laughs> bogey, par. <laughs> yeah. What a crazy round. What an absolute crazy Shut round. And then and 39 on the back. And you still squeak out a win. I know. I know. And uh, like I said, Dustin Johnson did his job uh, as the, well, at the time, number one golfer in the world. Uh, And he ended up finishing with a one-under round. But he was getting close to the lead. He was right up there, and then he kind of just fizzled off. Well, Uh, fizzled off was an understatement. He bogeyed 16 and 17. Yeah, I that, know. That, that's I know. that's I know. that's the go time. That's the time where it, it, had he parred those two holes, that that's oh, a yeah. win or at least a playoff, well, at least a tie. Yeah, at least a, 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 an interesting playoff. And and just to make the dynamic a little bit even a little crazier, Kepka and Johnson are like best friends. Yeah, they they're workout buddies. <laughs> yeah, so like that would have been amazing. I would have liked to see that, but at the same time, like Kepka deserved that win. So I kind of didn't want to see that, but then all of a sudden that final round, man, he just choked, and and it's not really a choke. That that's a lot of pressure. Uh, I I can't imagine what that kind of pressure is like, Dan. You know, you, you're you're five or six. Well, you're like seven or eight holes away from your fourth major in eight tries. And, and no, it's, it's like I'm looking. I'm, <laughs> I know that is absolutely that's unheard of at this point with the yeah. t- technology mm-hmm. with uh, the golf equipment. And, and all that yeah. stuff as of late, it's crazy. But I'm looking at the final leaderboard. There are eight people who are not over par at, by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I know. Isn't that crazy? Because after after Saturday, I want to say there was at least 20 who were either under mm-hmm. par or right at even. And to finish with no, only yeah. eight, oh, yeah. I mean, look, you got... Woodland won over, Kuchar won over, McElroy won over, Adam Scott won over. And then one uh-huh. of my favorite names on the PJ Tour, <laughs> Jazz Janawatnawood. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's that sure. That's the closest. I'm not gonna get it any closer. <laughs> I mean, there's not even a wood at the end, but I just added in there because it sounds cool. Sure, Janawatanawood. Yeah, I like it. It's uh it's the best name on the tour. I just don't ever want to have to say it again, ever. And I'm yeah, like a, a, a seven over final round. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm glad he didn't win because I, I would not want to start this show by trying to figure out how to say his I name. I would simply refer to him on this show as Jazz. As Jazz. And that's pretty much yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. I, I think the whole world would. Like, if he was the winner, everybody would be just Jazz like, won the PGA Tour. PGA Championship. Just Jazz, yeah. Like, he, he'd go on the late-night talk show run, and the Jimmy Kimmel would just like, I, I could see Jimmy Kimmel fucking, fucking with his name, but then he'd just be like, all right, hey, Jazz, how you doing, man? Uh, that's the, the, it. The, no so instead that. of, uh, it's Shaft, it's it's Jazz. Oh, Jesus, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think you need a new fucking co-host for next week. Oh, damn it. I, I chased, <laughs> I chased them out. away. Damn it. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about our picks, okay? Uh, so we'll, we'll wrap this up. Uh, Kepka ends up winning. He, well, he won his second PGA Championship in a row, his second overall. He has now won four of the last eight As unbelievable. PGA Tour. Which is fucking crazy. And to add, I don't think he's won a single PGA Tour event in between. He just placed the majors and he wins. I I might be wrong. I'm not saying this as a stat, as a fact. Cause I, I'm too lazy to look this shit up. So if you're looking it up, you're fucking good. Good for, good for you. Look it up. But I don't remember seeing Kepka win a tournament. I just remember him winning majors. You know, that's actually a good question. I actually, I'm glad you said that. That's actually really a good, really good point. Uh, I don't, I so, don't see him winning other tournaments. I don't, I don't think he has. I don't think he has. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of bizarre. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. So he has won six PGA Tour events. Okay, he has. Um, in February of 2015, he won the Waste Management Phoenix Oh, Open. there you go. And, and on October 21st, 2018, he won the CJ Cup. Uh. And then every other tournament that he's won has been a major. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. 
Uh, who has other than Miguel? Uh, uh, no, uh, um, what's his name? Angel Cabrera, because Angel Cabrera never won a PG Tour event. I'm pretty sure, maybe, maybe one. Uh, but uh, Kepka has a fucking two more majors than he has actual wins. And the CJ Cup, I've never even heard of. <laughs> the C- oh, the CJ Cup. That's in uh, China. That's probably why. Oh. That's, okay. Yeah, I never heard that's of that. Like one kind of, so you know how they do the tour championship, and then they're like a couple months off in between. CJ Cup, I believe, yeah. is in like October or November, so it's kind of like after the tour championship, and gotcha. I think it's kind of gotcha. like a prep okay. before like the tournament of champions. So, so the the field might not have been as strong. Now he finished that tournament twenty one under, so it doesn't look like it was a very challenging golf course. Um, but yeah, that's impressive. You got to give him credit where credit is due. That's an impressive stat, right? It really is. And and the thing that really gets me too is I'm looking at. So he's played 12 events this year, which you know Mm -hmm. from now. I mean, January to May, there's a tournament every week, right? Yeah. So Uh, he so he's not playing a lot, like you were saying. Like he plays like basically majors, player championship, and like bigger tournaments, the big the big events. And yeah. he's placed in the top ten in five of them, so nearly that's half just, he's finished in the top. That's 10. amazing, but no wins. Two wins. <laughs> oh well, two wins this year. Two wins. He did win two this it year. It says on the PGA app he's won two events this year. Oh, so never mind. So, uh, but still, it's it's still a, a, a phenomenal feat to have this many majors and and kind of that few. Um, regular PGA Tour events. I mean, if you look at it, like, Tiger Woods has what? How many wins does he have overall? Like, 80 or something in his, like in that? In his career? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a crazy number. But a lot of those events are regular PGA Tour events. And then he has the... the, 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 the I, I don't even know this number off the top of my head, but the, what, 15 majors or something like that? Tiger? I think it's 15 or 16, yeah. So he's yeah. played 353 uh, events in his career. He's okay. finished in the top 10 in the 196 of them and has okay. 81 wins. 81 wins and 15 majors. So do you see, you see what I'm trying to get at? Like Kepka has four majors and like four PGA Tour wins. And Tiger has 81 wins and 15 of those are majors. That, that's uh, Kepka's. If Kepka keeps this up, he might be the greatest golfer of all time, just because of the of the majors to regular PGA Tour events that he would win. We'll see. I I don't know. I mean, he's clearly a very talented golfer. So I, I'm sure this is not the last major that we've seen Kepka win. To be honest with you, no, absolutely not. I wouldn't be surprised if he won the U.S. Open. Pebble Beach very yeah. much plays to Kepka's strengths. I, I know. I know. He has a very good chance at winning. Uh, now I wanted to quickly, uh, talk about my two picks that I had. All right. So listen, Tommy Fleetwood was one of the leaders for the first two days. Okay. I think he was a leader for two of the three. Yeah. For three days. Uh, by the end of the third round, he was even par. So it was kind of, you know, one of the top like 10, 15 players. Right. Right. Uh, let's just leave it at that because his final round was garbage. <laughs> he shot an 8-over on his final Oof. round to finish at 8-over for the tournament. Uh, and Molinari was just as bad. He finished 8-over for the tournament, too. So my two picks did not do so good, but Molinari was kind of trash all weekend. Fleetwood was at least up there for a little bit. So let me let me look here. So uh, one of my picks, Xander Shoffley, he went even, 1-under, mm-hmm. 2-under, and then 6-over. Yeah, that that final round killed a lot of people. There was a lot of high numbers. <laughs> Justin Rose was five over. Uh, the Harry Varner the third was eleven over. That was the big number of the day. Eleven. Yeah, eleven over. That's that's <laughs> gnarly. Um, yeah. You know, Danny Willett, uh, he's still relevant. Uh, seven over. Um, <laughs> I, I, no, he's I, not. I didn't, I didn't know not. he was still playing. I'm being completely honest. Nah. Uh, Louis Ustase went nine over. Yeah, that's Tony Fina went job, nine over too. So, so a lot good. of these really good, talented golfers are just—they were struggling on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Phil, Phil, Phil ended up with the six over for the final round, twelve over for the tournament. Yeah, so. and um, then my other pick, um, 
I, 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 I think you guys know what yeah, happened. Okay. Anyway, we, we we can move on from the PGA. Uh, <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> let's let's t- let us talk about uh, Tiger Woods quick. Okay. So d- did you notice, uh, listeners, that we did not talk about Tiger Woods? <laughs> do you know why? Why why, why is that? <laughs> because he missed the cut. <laughs> Sorry, I just like when Tiger misses the cut. It makes me very happy. Um, but we have uh, a, a story. That involves Tiger mm-hmm. Woods, and, and and I bet you this has a lot to do with why he uh, struggled as much as he did. So I texted you this uh, maybe like two days before yep. uh, the PGA. I think Championship it was either Tuesday off. or Monday. It was one of the two. Yeah. So uh, this uh, I'm reading an article from the Washington Post, the Wa- the Wapo, the Wapo, all right, the Wapo.com. Uh, Tiger Woods named in lawsuit after restaurant employees fatal December car crash. This was not what Tiger wanted leading up to the PGA Championship. But if this story that I'm about to tell you is accurate, uh, Tiger Woods is uh, in a lot of trouble. So uh, a lawsuit filed Monday against Tiger Woods claims the golfer contributed to the death of, his, of, of an employee of his restaurant who was in a one-car crash in December. The employee, Nicholas Immelsberger, had a blood alcohol level that was more than three times the legal limit, according to the lawsuit. The suit, filed in Florida, claims Immelsberger was uh, overserved at the restaurant before getting into his car to drive home. Now, I want to make a, a, a side note here that this Immelsberger guy was a bartender for Tiger Woods's bar. Yes. So they're le- so they're letting an employee. First of all, they're letting an employee. Um, drink at the bar and then to add to that they apparently knew that he was an alcoholic so one you have an alcoholic work in your bar and number two you're willingly serving him three times the legal limit of alcohol even though he's an alcoholic and then you let him drive home my, so but my question to you tom uh, so because you have the article up was he a mm-hmm. current alcoholic or was he a recovering alcoholic uh, from everything I've seen, he they just said they. Uh, here's an actual quote. They quote knew Immelsberger was suffering from the disease of alcoholism. Oh boy! So he's states. a current alcoholic. That so yep. that right there, my thing is, if you know he's suffering from alcoholism, why would you put him behind the bar in the first place? Yeah, and then how do you – first of all, you're not supposed to serve employees alcohol. No. Like every place I've ever worked at, you don't drink at your workplace. You you If you're going to go drink, you drink somewhere exactly. else. But they, but according to a lawsuit, it says they ignored, and, uh, um, they ignored that fact that he was an alcoholic and they fueled it by letting him drink at the restaurant's bar to the point of severe intoxication. Three, three times the legal limit is a lot. Uh, and then Immelberger, who was 24 years old, so wow. was a kid. Died on December 10th uh, when he was driving home. Uh, he got into a, a car crash around, well, sometime in the middle of the night. And they found him dead. <clears throat> and then, that story's pretty fucked up, right? No, Man? it's very messed up. 100%. Well, guess, well, guess what? Oh, God. It gets oh, worse. No. At a news conference Tuesday in West Palm Beach, Florida, one of the lawyers who followed the suit said the video footage... Uh, that the video footage from The Woods, which I actually think is a clever name for a bar owned by Tiger Woods. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> um, which would have shown Immelsberger drinking there for three hours had been destroyed. Quote, obviously it shows that someone knew something had gone wrong and they wanted to get rid of that evidence. Uh, we have the evidence to show that the videotape showing Nick at the bar that night that he, uh, after he got off at 3 p.m., drinking for three hours at the bar, was destroyed shortly after the crash had occurred. So they have evidence that they destroyed that footage. Yeah, that that to me is is the biggest, like, yeah. oh my god, like why, why would you ever do yep. that? Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, it, I'm not saying Tiger Woods knew this personally because, you know, his girlfriend is the one who runs the bar, from what yes. I understand. So there is a chance that Tiger had no idea and this was a thing to just kind of like – it's obviously a cover-up. I, I don't know if anybody could hear that story and say that it's not a cover-up. Uh, but I, I'm not saying Tiger Woods is uh, directly responsible for the cover-up. But I ju- I'm just saying, Dan, 
I've been around bar managers and whatnot, and they know everything that is going on at their bar. Like, things don't happen without them being informed. And that's not... And, and my bosses have never been Tiger Woods. I think it's even more important that the, that the owner of that place is Tiger Woods because they have to have contacted him and said, hey, Tiger, this is... This is bad. What do we do? Right? And he's probably just or like, hey, erase the tapes, protect my reputation. Yeah, protect my reputation and keep me from getting in trouble. I mean, if, I, I I hope not. I, I really hope not, if too, so, but if so, that really looks bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. Now, people are obviously uh, questioning this whole thing because of when it happened. You know, it, it, this was released. The news was brought up. Um, a week before, or the week of the PGA Championship. So some people are like, oh, it's a direct attack on Tiger Woods. But, I mean, this did happen in December. So there's a good chance that the lawsuit just so happened to have dragged on for this long. So I, my my, my thing, though, Tom, is, number one, uh, not good common sense to drink at your establishment, even if it, even no. if it is after work. doesn't matter. You Like mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. the smart thing is you go off-site to another bar, and drink there, then there's no liability. Right. Secondly, right. Uh, current alcoholic, and you name him a bartender. Not a good idea. No, that's a terrible idea. Everything about this is a terrible idea. It seemed like no one was thinking and, and about this. And then on top of that, you would think, you know, if I were to go out drinking with you, and you were my designated driver, and I have one too many, what would be your first mm-hmm. thing to me? Like, say, for example, if I drove... Right. What what would you say to me? Wait, are you the drunk one? I'm the drunk one. Yes. So you had your two beers for the day oh, and your hammer. Shut up. Let's not let, <laughs> let's not open that can of worms. You're the worst. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to. I know you uh, did. I, 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 you. I don't know, but the words "drunk" and "driving" wouldn't have even come up. Dan, we would not no, be driving. You take the guy's um, keys. In today's, you you, you call yeah. him a taxi. Call him an Uber. There's technology these Ta- days. What, could, what the fuck is a taxi, Dan? We don't have taxis in 2019. We have fucking Uber, and we have Lyft, and we have all these things. And this is West Palm Beach. So do not tell me, Tiger, that you did not have the uh, the possibility of getting an Uber because you fucking did. It, I have, it was, and I live in the I live in the sticks, <laughs> and I have like an Uber. It was the middle of freaking North Dakota or something like that. You're freaking in West Palm Beach. What? Call him an Uber and call it a day. Yeah, you have Uber exactly. You can come back and get his you car the next day. There's no reason. And this is for anybody. This is for anybody who has a bar. Don't fucking let people drive home when you know they're drunk. Or cut them off. You cannot serve someone three times the legal limit. Bartenders are supposed to know when to cut people off. I know. I've been cut off before at bars. <laughs> I know what it's like. They, but I mean, By that time, I, they've never cut me off before. I'm not drunk. But as soon as they saw me visually impaired, they stopped serving me. I was definitely not three times over the legal limit. Well, maybe I was, but it just looks like they didn't even cut this guy off. No, and we, we no we one might, ha- we might not even. No know one him. had the presence of mind to be like, "Hey, you've had enough. Let's let's get you a ride home." Yeah, it's simple bizarre. as that. It's bizarre to me. Yeah, but but yeah, it's that's too much. That's too much to ask. Yeah, so. We'll, we'll uh, keep you updated if we hear anything new about this story or when we hear something new about this story. But for now, we just know that Tiger Woods is still a scummy person. Exactly. Surprise. Big shocker. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, so we're uh, going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this, another sexual abuse yeah. scandal at a, oh, at yeah. a college. Yeah, You're is... not going to want to miss that. And then we have uh, nope. another uh, big news. If it is his <laughs> big, that, that. I like that. Uh, So stay tuned for more. That was good. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid to podcast. One of the things that I love about Anchor is they have a whole library of sound effects and transitional music that you can use in between your segments. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. 
That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back from our break. Our only break. Hi. Hi. We, we run a tight ship over here. Oh, yeah. We are raring to go. All right. Because <laughs> this is really, re- this story is really, oh, it's really bad, actually. It, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no other way to put it. It's just really bad. No, it's bad. It's bad. Um, but we got to tell you, it's important to know. So this report uh, was from Bleacher Report. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, it came out on May 18th. Uh, it was about Ohio State. There was an alleged sexual abuse case by Dr. Richard Strauss, who he left Ohio State in 1998 and ended up committing suicide in 2005. That was the shocker. You just pointed this out right before we started uh, re-recording here. Uh, I didn't, I guess, because, you know, I don't fucking read. Uh, I didn't see that he had taken his own life. So he yeah. committed suicide almost 15, or 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> now, now, the question is, Tom, is that the sign of a guilty man? And my oh. guess is it's got to be, or he was just a very sick person who just needed help. I maybe all of the above, honestly. Yeah. Uh, well, we go ahead, read the story, explain what's going on, and then we'll go into the, the, those details. So let's see. Uh, attorney Michael Wright is filing a lawsuit against Ohio State University on behalf of more than fifty former student athletes who alleged formerly former team doctor Richard Strauss sexually abused them during his time at the school. Most of Wright's clients were said to be former football players at the school. Okay. Three of these players wow. were among 177 male students interviewed during, during an investigation of Strauss. Some of, the, some of the players were part of Wright's impending lawsuit reportedly played in the NFL. The abuse has believed to have occurred from 1979 all the way to 1997. Think about that, Dan. Almost that's 20 a, years. That's a long time for something like that to be happening. I mean, like, I don't remember the time that Sandusky did his thing. I don't know if it was for that. I don't even know if it was that long. Um, like, now, I, I think the reason why the Sandusky thing got a lot more attention, because I, I don't really know many people who are talking about this. I know it's been brought up here and there, but it's not, like, the most major thing, because this doesn't involve kids. It involves right. college kids, but they're not necessarily minors. I don't think anything in this report is saying that he abused minors. Uh, it's saying 177 men. So that's over 18. And I think that's why it's getting uh, less attention. But 177 guys. Yeah, it, it, it gets worse. So this past Friday, uh, which was the uh, 17th, an mm-hmm. investigative report commissioned by the university in the wake of allegations against Strauss found that more than 20 Ohio State staff members were aware of the abuse and failed to notify police. And that is why, That's why this investigation open. is open, because this is a much deeper uh, problem than just Richard Strauss doing these acts. And you know what? I guarantee you, Dan, one of those 20 people who are who knew of this happening told someone else. Yep. And then it spreads. And, and it spreads and continues. And I guarantee you the university knew about it that's probably what led to him leaving voluntarily retiring in 1998 those words voluntarily retired tell me that something was happening behind the scenes and then it, so who, and then it gets worse it says the 232 page report found that strauss sexually abused at least 177 patients during physical exams and medical treatment as early as 1979. So they're saying that it could could have been earlier than 79. Right. And that also means it could be more than 177 students. It could be 300. It you don't be, know. Yeah, we'd have no idea. And then they said here, Strauss was removed from his roles as an on-campus and athletic department physician in 96. After his actions mm-hmm. were reported to the State Medical Board of Ohio, he retired voluntarily retired in 98 and took hmm. his own life in 2005. Huh. So they knew about it, and they made him leave the post. So why was nothing? Why were no legal actions ever taken? That's also a good question. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's really, really, really interesting. And, and another thing is, why now? 
uh, did a staff member who could couldn't handle it just just came forward about it i don't know i don't know um i i i mean yeah i i don't know it says here i'm reading this I, i have an article from npr um, and this one says the report also states that members of the 15 athletic teams were abused. Uh, Strauss most frequently targeted wrestlers, 48 of them reported according to the report. So I guess football players and uh, wrestlers are like number two. Um, I, I'm re- th- this article from NPR goes into detail of what he did. Uh, so I, and just to avoid that, I'm not going to go ahead and read it. If you want, you can go to NPR.org and look up the article, Ohio State Doctor Sexually Abused at Least 177 Male Students Investigation Finds. And you can read those reports for yourself if you want. Uh, my thing but, is, though, Tom, I, I know you brought yeah. up Sandusky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sandusky was a coach, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. He was yeah. a coach. So I think this is a different circumstance because when, you, when, well, when you're totally a doctor, yeah. the doctor is mm-hmm. going to be the one who says, hey, dr- you know, drop your pants for an exam room. Oh, yeah. And because he's a doctor, you have that trust. You're like, okay, I'm going to trust you. And and the next thing you know, he gets abused. And it's, Let's, let, let me make this clear. Like, I, I'm definitely not comparing this to the Sandusky thing because, like I said, what Sandusky did, he did to little kids. He ruined their lives from an early age. I'm not saying that the the guys involved here were not fucked up from what he did. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, the circumstances are completely different. Like Sandusky targeted children and he made these elaborate plans and stuff like that. This doctor is just a, 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 a bad a very, very, very bad and sexual doctor. Um, and I'm reading through some of the stuff. And yeah, exactly what you said, Dan. It, it, a lot of them happened during exams. And uh, this one thing says instances of abuse often involved inappropriate touching uh, of students' genitals during exams in ways that weren't medically useful. I'll leave that at that. That's I think that says enough right there. I mean, it's 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 just, just despicable oh, in my opinion. Listen, well, I can't leave it at that. Listen to this. A number of students said Strauss would quote routinely touch their genitals at every visit, regardless of the medical ailment presented, including sore throats. Imagine oh, come that. On. Imagine that. Come on. Like, that's that's fucked up, man. That's uh, fucked up. That's so messed up. Oh my god. <sighs> So, yeah, this is another story I think we're going to have to uh, bring back as we find out more about it. Uh, It seems like the investigation is completed and now prosecution is going to start happening and we'll see what happens. We'll see who's who hid the stuff for as long as they did. And um, like like Dan reported, Richard Strauss committed suicide in 2005. So he's. He found the easy way out. Right now, he'd be in a lot of shit, but he he, he took the easy way out. And, in and my other thing, though, Tom, you know, before we move on to our last last story, mm-hmm. is they mentioned that of the 177, it was like 17 to 20 of them were football players. Yeah. yeah. So how much you want to bet? Well, I mean, Urban Meyer wasn't the coach at Ohio State, but how much you want to bet? Like an assistant coach, a trainer, a, somebody, a head coach, yeah. somebody on somebody, that team yeah. knew, and they kept it. From from the you school, can't, you can't imagine uh, all of those students getting sexually abused, and not one of them going to the coach and being like, "Hey, coach, something's, you know, I gotta tell you something." And then if that did happen, which I can't imagine it not happening, that means those coaches are just as guilty as in this if they didn't report it, or maybe they did report it, and because like I said, like you said, they uh they did you know. He left his post, and then he—I'm guessing—they forced him to retire. Even though it says he voluntarily retired, I—I I, I smell fucking bullshit in that. Jeez, uh, this story is pretty dark. It really <laughs> it's a dark is. Story. It's a dark, dark story. Uh, it's not a good one. No, definitely not. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, we'll we'll definitely update you on uh, what happens in the future with this. I'm I'm curious myself to find out what happens. Well, I think I think there's going to be a lot more behind it as to how deep it actually runs. Whether it's okay. you know just a couple people who are close in like the you know to the physician, whether it be like an assistant or something like that, or does it run as deep as through a football organization or through a the basketball team or whatever? Is, mm-hmm. that, is it deeper than what we actually are led to believe? 
I would imagine so. If if only a, a dozen or a couple dozen of these are football players and a couple dozen are wrestlers, that means there's a lot more other people who are involved. And, and where where are they coming from? And I guarantee you that it's a little bit from all of the sports in in Ohio State. And yeah, what a what a weird thing to see. Like Penn State has their sexual abuse scandal, and then their arch rival Ohio State has one. And it makes me wonder. How many other schools have had this, mm-hmm. and we just don't know about it yet? And now, uh, before we go to our next topic, Darnell Washington, gentleman from last uh, we talked about last week. Yeah, don't go to Ohio State. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, <laughs> just saying. I, I'm, I'm imagining that they're not having this problem currently. <laughs> I'm, I'm only imagining that it's not a current problem. But it's bad so. press, though. It makes oh, the school it's look terrible. terrible. And oh yeah, and if you're that kid. And you have a choice between Alabama and Ohio State. You go to Alabama and you run. Oh yeah. Well, well, what what happened to Penn State after the Sandusky thing? Oh, they uh, they, they got they, destroyed. They they got destroyed. They were kicked out of uh, playoff eligibility, and they they could barely play football. Um, so if you are going to go to Ohio State, you have to understand that the the school is probably going to get punished for this. Big time. They're, they're probably going to get punished, and if they do, that you know. You might you might not want to go to Ohio State. I mean, and it wasn't like it was uh, not. I'm saying that there's a big difference, but like I think in Sandusky, I think they had said it was like 20 to 30 uh, different kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is 177, and potentially more. Yeah, potentially. Listen, both both of these stories are incredibly evil and incredibly fucked up. So uh, it's it's like apples and oranges to be completely honest. Yeah, no, I agree. It's still gross and terrible. It really is. But uh, the last story we wanted to talk about, this came across my feed today, and I just took one look at it. I'm like, this is a good way to end the show. Just a good, oh, feel-good story to yeah. end the show. Much lighter, much more lighthearted. We trust us. <laughs> so the title of the article from Bleacher Report mm-hmm. is What It's Like Being the Biggest Dude in College Football. Yeah. This guy is an offensive lineman for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. He is six foot nine, four hundred pounds. And by the way, if you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, four hundred pounds! He's a fatty. He's not. There's not a ounce of fat in this guy's body. It's four hundred pounds of Hulk-like muscle. <laughs> He's huge, Dan. Huge. And you got you got to say, okay, I'm reading the article. You ready for this stat? By oh, the I'm age ready. Of Twelve. He was the size of an NFL linebacker. <laughs> That's disgusting. It says here in the like, second paragraph, it says um, uh, he has an XXXXL shirt and size 18 Nike shoes. <laughs> XXXX quadruple X. So the, size 18. The thing that blows old. my mind, too, is not to bring up WWE, but I bring up the big show. He's seven foot mm-hmm. one. He's been in a couple movies. He wears a fifteen E shoe. Okay. This guy wears an eighteen. Put that in perspective. And you know what they you know what they say about big feet, right? Oh. Big big socks. So you know he's got those Nike socks going on too. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go a completely different direction. <laughs> Why perv? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh-huh. Um and they're saying for as long as he can remember. He was actually playing rugby in Australia. Wow. He was a rugby player. Imagine that guy coming at you to bring you down to the field with no pads on. Uh, his name is Daniel Fallel. Uh, uh, it's, it's a double A uh, double A name, so I'm not sure exactly. F- it's like Falele? Maybe Falele. Falele. That sounds right. That imagine, sounds right. Imagine this guy playing for uh, playing rugby. <sighs> yeah. Football I with no pads. Play rugby. Yeah. <laughs> And I wouldn't want to play against this guy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So remember, I said um, the 400 pounds sounds big. In that same paragraph that we were reading before, he has 300 pounds of good mass, muscle tissue, and bone, which means he is impossibly less than 25% body fat at 400 or 300 pounds. And at the time that they took that, so assuming that's probably about the same, that's an incredible stat. <laughs> like he's he's a hunk of beef, but at, in the best possible way. At age 18. He was 300 pounds at age 18 and mm. about 6'4". <laughs> Bigger mm. than most offensive linemen. 
in the NFL. And then he, and then he grew another hundred pounds and four inches. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's like where, uh, like where are they breeding these people? <laughs> so, what's his position in college football? He's what's he an doing? offensive lineman. Offensive lineman. Oh man, can the Jets sign him now? Like right now. <laughs> I don't care if he knows how to play football or not. Just be like, hey. You see that guy? Sit on him. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine this guy is just like, it's like, Daniel hungry, you know? And he's just like, (laughs) just bear hugs people. Not even like pushing them back. He'll just, I'm just going to bear hug you and incapacitate you. He's accidentally murdered 15 people with his hugs. (laughs) Oh, God. He just he goes up to them, grabs them. He's like, "Ah, nice to meet!" And then, and dead. <laughs> and, and then this just got really dark. <laughs> Listen, after that last story that we had, it's only bound to be dark. Uh, yeah, this guy is fun. Uh, how old is he? Is he is he young? Is he just entering uh, college? What's his thing? Uh, let me see here. I think he's. He's in his sophomore or junior year. Okay. So he's close to he's close to finishing. Let's see here. I'm just clicking on his art. Do you see the picture? Do you see the oh, picture of uh, him and his team? It's not like he's fat at all. Yeah. No, but like he's him and his team. He's like twice the size of all the players. And football players are not small people for the most part. Because he's if, just ta- if you, powers over. Because if you think about it for a second, you're like. Oh my God! This guy's um, four hundred pounds. He's got to be, you know, wicked fat. Nope. No, yeah, he's, he's not. not. Not even no. close. You know, with my luck, I'd get I'd sit next to him at a fucking in an airplane, and just like, oh, man, for real? Like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> like, can I like sit on your lap or something? Because there's not enough room in the seat next to you. Uh, he is just. He is a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Okay. Okay. That's uh, that's fun. Oh my god, it's it's incredible. Uh, what do you think? You think he goes into the NFL? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, like you have to, right? Like Yao Ming wasn't an athletic player, but he still was an NBA player because he was like eight foot tall. Like this guy's got to go into the NFL, right? I mean, what's even crazier is Alabama almost signed him. Really? So on November 20, I'm on his uh, little uh, uh, sports page. He visited Tennessee. He visited Georgia and Alabama before committing to Minnesota. I wonder why. I wonder why he went with Minnesota. Oh, he also visited Auburn, Virginia. Wow. Um, wow. I mean, they uh, Alabama offered him an uh, um, what's it called? A contract. January 27, oh 2017, he turned it down. Dan, Falele did not embark on this journey alone. His mother and younger brother, Taylor, who is 13 years old and already 6'2", 280 pounds. Again, <laughs> what are you feeding this family? His brother is 6'2", 280, and he's 13. What? So, again, that's going to be another guy who's going to end up about his same size if he keeps growing. Oh, my God. God. It's like they're That's, literally saying, a "Here's lot. a bunch of rice, eat it, and then just go pump weights for three hours, like every day." Yeah, or that. I, well, I don't. I, I, his genetics are insane. Obviously, if his family's this big, like tall, wise, you know, I mean, six nine, and his thirteen year old brother six two. I, I don't, I don't even know how that's possible. It just sounds ridiculous. His, his brother's going to be just as tall. I would imagine. Even if he stopped growing entirely at six two, he's still a big guy. <laughs> it, it's 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 just disgusting. Yeah. It's crazy that he's that big. Yeah. At that so, at, at that um, age. I mean, so he's so if he's a sophomore, figure he's like nineteen, twenty years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Sounds right. Uh, let yep. me see if he's gonna even be a starter. Well, this doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Starting he's, right tackle. Hey, listen, he's gonna be a patriot, so it doesn't fucking matter, okay? Like all these great stories, like we we, we can cover a, a new cool story like this every week. They're all gonna end up being patriot draft picks, so it's fucking bullshit anyway. <laughs> oh my like God. we're not gonna, no no other teams are gonna get this. Like the Patriots already have this guy. 
<laughs> I think they signed him already. So, and they're saying here the thing that's most impressive about uh, Falele is mm-hmm. his footwork is that of a of a Randy Moss, like a six foot four receiver. That he, has, that he has incredibly too. good footwork for a guy okay. that size. Okay, okay. Because because so, when I was hey, looking at um, the guy who was drafted, I think by Denver back a couple of years ago, he was about that size, but he was like this big guy from from I believe he was African, if I remember correctly. He was like six nine, six ten, just humongous guy. I'm like Patriots draft him, yeah. um, but he wasn't that. He was more like a Yao Ming type athlete. Gotcha. Where gotcha, he was gotcha. huge, but he didn't really have a lot of athleticism. He was just a big body. Right, this right. guy is a big body, but can move. Okay. That, that's even more impressive then. That's honestly even more impressive. So, uh, well, that's that's another another cool, cool story, Dan. Nice pickup. Yeah. Nice pick up. I mean, that just came across my thing the other day, and I was like, we got to talk about this. This is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how about we take our final break and then uh, meet up for a uh, final, final thought kind of thing? Sounds good to me. So we'll be right back with our final thoughts. Welcome back, everybody, from our last short break. Tom, what do we got for some final thoughts uh, on this episode? Well, um, other than the dark stories, uh, congratulations, Brooks Kepka. Uh, fucking phenomenal uh, career that he's creating for himself. Uh, and he does it in a very mature way. You know, he doesn't... He doesn't ever cause much trouble uh, or any trouble outside of the golf course. He just goes, plays, and wins. It's a it's a cool little thing. Um, I said this before, but congrats to your Bruins for getting into the Stanley Cup. That's pretty cool. I, I you know, I, as a New York fan, I should hate the Bruins, but I don't. So it's it's. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be fun, and I do kind of whoever makes it to the Stanley Cup from the Western Conference Finals, I think it's gonna be a fun Stanley Cup. Uh, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, and I think I think regardless, we're we're gonna have a good Stanley Cup yeah, regardless of the San agree. Jose or St. Louis. I agree, and like like I said, I kind of I'm happy the the Canes didn't make it. Not because I any you know I'm mad at, like I hate the Canes or anything. But I really don't. But just getting the Bruins in there an original six team, it's just I don't know. It's a little extra fun for me as a hockey you know as a hockey fan with my team you know being like the third worst team in the NHL. Um. And then other than that, yeah, those those other stories, the the big guy there, that was a fun way to end it. Six nine, four hundred pounds. I can't, six, I can't even imagine. Six nine, four hundred. It's like, it's like, a, what was that? Um, quote, I think it was from the longest era. It's like, it's like, uh, I didn't know they made people like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> it's uh, like, if I looked at this guy, I'd be like, oh my god, please don't eat me, please. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How about you? You got any final thoughts that you want to add? Um. For me, uh, I think uh, you know it was a, it was a great win for Kepka. You know, definitely. You know, as he said before, it was a very tense Sunday with him making those mistakes 11, 12, 13, 14 with four bogeys, but kind of like pulled it together and and mm-hmm. finished strong. Um, yep. But going forward, I'm excited just for golf in general because people are talking about it, and it's oh, yeah. it's really great to see a lot of the. It's, it, because you know, back like when we were growing up, who was the one who was primarily winning every tournament? Tiger, uh, was. Tiger, Tiger, all the time. It was yeah. Tiger, 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 mm-hmm. Phil, Tiger, Phil, Tiger, Phil, Jim, Tiger, Phil, Jim. It's like yeah, it, pretty it, much those yeah. three guys. Once now in a got, while, there'd be a random guy win it, and then all of a sudden, Tiger comes back and wins. So and yeah, I, it was. And now you got guys like Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Francesco Molinari, um, mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth, kind of coming back into his own. He's a little he, he bit, was in the yeah. Top 10. He had yeah. a decent day, just decent showing. Yeah, not um, bad. Good Dustin weekend. Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose. I mean, mm-hmm. I could keep going. I mean, yeah, there's, there's so many lot. guys who could potentially win I mean, tournaments. You can add Tiger to that list. He's still in the list. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, there's a lot. There's a lot, and it's it, it is exciting in one way. Uh, I know a lot of people want that one consistent winner, which I don't understand why, because those same those same people will complain about like. Um, 
the Warriors winning all the time. Uh, and, and, you know, that's actually probably something we should talk about next week. Uh, we do a little NBA talk. I mean, yeah. I don't really follow the NBA too much, but enough to keep an eye on what's going on. But since that's going on, the playoffs are going on right now, we should probably talk about that next week too. Uh, people always complain when the same two teams win the NBA championship, right? Yeah. So, like, why would people want just one person to win? I think it's more fun to see, like, a, a group of, like, six or seven golfers that could win it, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's really great for the sport because I think those same people are like, oh, I wish, like, a DJ or a Kepka or a Thomas or those guys would win every tournament. Then it would be really exciting. It's like, no, it wouldn't. Then you go into every tournament and you're like, oh, well, Kepka's just going to win this one. Yeah. yeah or like, Dustin's why, just going to win this in? one. Well, like, why tune in? Because then the ratings go down. Right. If, if you tune in and you know that there are at least half a dozen to a dozen guys who could potentially win that tournament, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere you get a random guy like earlier in the year, Keith Mitchell won a tournament. And you probably say to yourself, who the heck is Keith Mitchell? Yeah, right. And you look up his stats. He was one of the best Web.com tour players last year. There you go. Yeah, and I mean it, – it, it's cool to see that. I've always liked that. You know, I, I've always liked to see – uh, new faces come in and and challenge the elite guys. Uh, like I, I watch a lot of tennis. You know, Wimbledon's coming up or um, uh, French Open, Wimbledon. You know, it, it's with tennis we've had the same like four guys win every major championship yeah. over the past like decade. Literally, it's, it's been, been Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and, and Murray. Murray. And then all of a sudden, once in a while. You started seeing a guy like Stan Wawrinka, who only won a couple majors, but he would come in and he would just shock the world. Those were the ones that I remember. Well, I'm a big Roger Federer fan, so I remember his wins. But whenever I saw somebody else come in and, and, and challenge those elite guys, I don't know. I always think that's fun. I want to see more variety out there. And I, as much as I'd like to see Federer win every single week, you know, it's cool to see other people go out there and win, especially if they're younger and they're, they're energetic. That's fun to me. Because because what's more exciting when, like, you know, I'm not going to really go much into it, but, like, in, for example, if it was NASCAR or something like that, where, <sighs> did not uh, just hear me out. Okay. What about if it was, like, Jimmy Johnson, who's won Oof. so, Jimmy Johnson has won, uh, cha- like, mm-hmm. basically the equivalent of, like, the, uh, the FedEx Cup, mm-hmm. I think four out of the last five years. Okay. Uh, I mean... What, yeah, you I, want the I, same guy to win race after race after race after race? I mean, what's, um, the, what's the point? I see what you're trying to say, so I'm going to go with your point and say, no, of course not. Um, it, it's the yeah. same case for every sport. For tennis, Man. would you want to see the same guy to win every tournament? Would you want to see the same guy win every golf tournament? Jimmy would, Johnson's good at making left turns, huh? Nice. He's really uh, good at making left turns. I'm, all right, I, I won't shit on NASCAR because there is actually a lot of strategy involved in NASCAR. I just can't watch. And, and they drive, drive so circles. freaking fast, but yeah, that's yeah, no, a, on a whole other level. There, it's a, it's a very impressive thing. I just I, I've never personally gotten into it, no. mainly because of the clientele. <laughs> just saying. Uh, just saying. Um, <laughs> but no, it's good to have variety in sports. And you know, before mm-hmm. we sign off, I will say this: there's mm-hmm. been one particular team in sports who has impressed me a lot as of Mm -hmm. late. Um, It might come as a shock to a lot of people who know that I am from Boston. Yes, you are. And that is the New York Yankees. Oh, yeah. Half of their roster has been decimated (laughs) by injuries, and they're still in first place. All season. All season they've had, like, every time they get a player back, two more go down. Now, I, I guess because I don't think I mentioned this last week on my first episode here, but I'm a Yankee fan. Uh, so Dan, Dan and I have been going back and forth for, for years on this. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an impressive thing that they're doing. And to think that they're in first and half their team is still injured, it's got to be scary to the rest of the MLB that they're playing this well and they don't have anybody playing. I, I can look at the Yankees roster and I'm a, I'm a pretty decent Yankee fan and I can't tell you half the names on that list because they're all from AAA. I mean, they're like uh, the select few. I mean, I think Gregorius is hurt. I think uh, Tanaka's back to day-to-day. Stanton's still in the DL. Judge is on the DL. Uh, just to name a few. And they're still 28-17. and 17. I know. Um... Yeah, James Paxton, who the Yankees got over the offseason. From Seattle. Yep, Gregorius. Um, let's see, uh, 
Glaber Torres? No, uh, Didi Gregorius. Uh, Stanton is hurt. Um, that's only a couple of them. I'm, I'm trying to pull up a list here just to to add, to, to to solidify that point. Oh, here we go. Uh, Andujar. He's yeah. now done for the season after surgery. But Kansas no. is expected back in June. Uh, Greg Bird is, I don't know, the Yankees should just move on from him. He's just, he's a piece of glass. Jacoby Ellsbury, he's, uh, what, 65 years old? So I don't know why he's still playing. He's hurt. Gregorius is hurt. Ben Hill or Heller, uh, a right-handed pitcher that the Yankees were pretty excited about, hurt. Aaron Judge, hurt. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, one of the relief pitchers, hurt. James Paxson, hurt. Severino, hurt. Stanton, hurt. Troy Tulowitzki, hurt. All of these guys. That's half of our team, then, and they're still um, finding ways to win games. So think about this for a second. Imagine when you get, if you will, you get back. So you have Luke Voigt, who's been tearing the cover off the ball. <laughs> I know he's been doing really well then you since get Didi, last year too. And then you get Didi Gregorius at second. You got yep. Troy Tulitzki at short. Stan yep. and left. Judge and right. Like what? <laughs> right, right. Uh, I I know, I know. And and, and Tulitzki was actually playing pretty well up then, until his injury. And then you still have Brett Gardner and Gary Sanchez with like yep. Tanaka and Paxton and. Mm-hmm. Like and, all, and Severino, Sever, and Severino. The, the injury of Severino, I thought was going to be the biggest thing uh, out of all those because you know he's our twenty, he's our twenty win guy. So that's a, that's our pitcher, and he's hurt. But the Yankees pitching has been f- decent at best, uh, decent enough to get it's wins. Their offense, yeah, their offense is just fucking fire, and, and that's that's really fun as a Yankee fan. Because, like I said, I was expecting the season to be trash. Credit to Aaron Boone, our uh, the the coach of the Yankees, for getting them to where they are. I don't know. I don't know how the Yankees are still doing what they're doing. I, I really don't. It, it's it it just bewilders me every single time I see it. So next week we'll, we'll be talking some more baseball. We're going to be talking sure. some uh, uh, potential NBA final matchups and definitely the Stanley Cup final matchup because oh, yeah. that will be official. That will definitely be the official. next time we record. Um. And probably some more news stories that come across the board. I saw one earlier today uh, that would probably pique a lot of people's interest. Okay. Um, but we will, you'll have to tune in next week to find Save out. Absolutely. Good, uh, good, good. Uh, so um, thank you so much to everybody for joining. Tom, of course, always a pleasure. My pleasure. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ride the Pine Pod. Also, make sure to check out our merchandise page. On, on T Public. Uh, it's www.tpublic.com backslash user black backslash ride the pine pod. So go check that out. We got uh, some great t shirts. I'm actually wearing one right now. And nice. it's actually incredibly comfortable. Really nice. soft material, very good quality, and looks great. So get, get one for one of your friends for their birthday, or just get one for yourself. Or get a, totally get, should. get a dozen. Why not? Or uh, 20, 20 dozen. No, Buy 20 go. dozen of our shirts, please. Thank you. There Smile. you go. And um, I will actually also be, um, well, I'm going to be continuing to stream as well. Uh, uh-huh. So like last week, uh, twitch.tv backslash unbreakable one. And the second uh, E is the number three. Make sure to go check me out there. And uh, yeah, just uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in. <laughs>